Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Effortless Man podcast. My name is Vu Nguyen, your host for the show. I initially want to apologize for not releasing podcast episodes as frequently as I would like. Initially, when I launched this podcast show, my initial intentions was to do weekly podcast shows, but it's just proven to be a lot more difficult than what I can uh, manage. You know, there's a lot that has to go into it, a lot of work. Uh, you have to schedule the the interview with the person, or if I'm doing a solo episode, there's a lot of research that I have to do into the topic, and you have to record the podcast episode, obviously, and then there's editing it to make sure that everything flows correctly. Sometimes, you know, there could be interruptions or connection problems or uh, I guess long pauses or anything like that. So I just want to make sure that it's a pleasant listening experience and that all flows through well. So there's that work. Then there's pretty much getting it uploaded to the server and making sure that all the details on there are all correct. So look, there's a lot to go into this and I just frankly haven't figured out my process for it at the moment. So I apologize for that. But be sure to know that when episodes do come out, they are gold. They are good episodes. They're with great people who know their stuff or on topics that I'm truly passionate about that I'm doing and implementing in my life right now. So at least that you know that when you are listening, that your time is worthwhile and I respect that and appreciate you tuning in uh, and listening to this now. So the person that I've got in this episode is Adam Zacks, and you may know him from uh, one of our earlier episodes on pretty much the entry, uh, the introduction into psychedelics and our chat around that. So I guess that chat was very veered towards uh, psychedelics, you know, LSD, mushrooms, and that specific topic but a lot of people don't know is Adam is actually his passion is around health and holistic health and psychedelics and pretty much the mind-altering benefits of that and how that can elevate you is only one part of his sort of health philosophies so to speak. So with Adam I got him on the show because that's something that we didn't really cover in the previous chat that we had and he's actually the first person that's jumped onto this podcast uh, twice now so that's pretty exciting and I think it's a very worthwhile uh, mention as well just because in this topic we delve into so much detail when it comes to the realms of health and I genuinely think it's crazy how how long we've existed on this earth, but we still can't quite figure out what the key to optimal health is. There's a lot of theories, there's a lot of people putting ideas out there and a lot of new sort of yeah ideology that's been thrown out there at the moment that this is the way to optimal health, but 
we still haven't quite figured out what is the universal means of optimal health. Maybe it doesn't exist. I don't know for sure. But, you know, I think for us, everyone has to go on that journey themselves. But you can listen to conversations uh, between Adam and I or people who sort of been in that space for a long time and take what you want from that because I think there's a lot of gems into that uh, listening and adhering to such guidelines or principles but then at the end of the day you still have to implement it and do it yourself and see if that fits for you. You know there's common things I guess, in all of us biologically. So we all have two arms, two legs, a beating heart, lungs to breathe, a mouth. And yeah, we're all pretty common in that respect. So in in the respect of health and how the body operates, that should be all quite the same. But then there's also a lot of things that we are that's individualistic that we need to tailor to ourselves. So I guess, you know, listening to these conversations and seeking expertise of people who've been studying this for a long time can really help you accelerate your growth and also your learning to achieving optimal health for yourself. So that's what we go in today's chat. It is quite a comprehensive chat and it was actually quite an enjoyable one. And it's actually the most longest podcast chat that I've had with anyone on this show. And I think it was a worthy one because, you know, a lot of people don't know, but Adam is not just a health coach or a trainer or anything like that. Adam is a true friend of mine and someone that i known for a long time. I would say going back 10, 12 years or so. And, you know, we met initially when I first came out of school and was trying to discover what I wanted to do. And I loved training and I loved self-progression. So, and I've always been into fitness and sports. So, I moved into the profession of studying and becoming a trainer. So that's where I met Adam at our very first gym, my very first gym that I worked at, which was uh, Phoenix Fitness at the time. And we pretty much just hit it off just because, you know, our mentality and also our philosophy around health, it was quite similar. And also, and what is similar now is that we're still on that pursuit of, of ultimate and optimal health that it is really a journey and it's not something that you can just completely finish learning it's always evolving because the world around us is always evolving and our body is also changing and is always evolving so that's been pretty exciting and that's why I brought him back here and Adam is one of those people that has been on the pursuit of health for a very long time, pretty much since his injury that sort of put him out of playing in the English Premier League for a team called Aston Villa. So since then, he's been on this path 
to share health with people. So that's why I want to bring him on here today to share his health philosophies with you guys and also to discuss where we may have gone wrong or still getting it wrong nowadays having you know been on this planet for hundreds and thousands of years and all the technology and advancements that we have discovered yet we still trying to figure out that cardinal question of how to achieve optimal health for our body and Adam is one of those people that if you are wanting to get some health advice on anything, spiritual health, emotional health, physical health, training, nutrition, supplementation, digestion, sleep, he is very well versed around all those topics as anyone who is passionate about achieving optimal health should be and so much so that he as the time of releasing this podcast episode is releasing his new book which is in hard copy and also audio format which is super exciting I'm so excited for him because I know that this is what he's been working towards and it's pretty much his blood sweat and that's going into this pretty much all his his philosophies his learnings and teachings over the years condense in this encyclopedia so to speak so knowing him all this time I'm super grateful and also excited that he will be releasing this so be sure to check back in the show notes for details regarding contact with Adam and also where you may be able to purchase this book in hard copy or audio format should you be interested in what Adam is speaking about today and what he has to teach. So without further ado, let's get into the episode because we've got a lot that we discuss. So I won't bore you anymore with the details. Once again, I appreciate you guys jumping on here and listening to my voice and to the people that I interview and what we have to say. I think you will get a lot out of this episode, especially if you are into rich conversations and this is what this is and it was all about health. Enjoy and I'll see you on the next one. Adam, man, thanks so much for jumping on today and having a chat. I really appreciate it. And like I said, you know, today, I don't even know. I've got a few things that we want to talk about, but I just want to keep it, you know, as friends. And we always have such rich conversations anyway. So I just want to keep it very conversational and um, just dive deep into, you know, a few topics. And I know, you know, one really exciting thing that I really want to talk about is is your new book. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll get 
in, into that. So, yeah, thanks for jumping on today for the second time for the Effortless Man podcast. And I think this is the, yeah, you're the first guest that's jumped on this podcast twice. So, congratulations on, um, uh, I guess, having that title to your name. <laughs> Thank you and totally honored, my friend. It's been a really um, positively anticipated wait for for the next chat because I, as I, I mirror what you say that we we do tend to have really good conversations and and uh, I think I'm right in saying that proper conversation is a craving of both of us. Yeah, yeah. And I, I remember like listening back to our last chat, there was so many things that I want to, you know, dive deeper into and we, we left a lot of things, I guess, threads sort of open. So um, is, is there any particular area that you want to dive into uh, for this chat? There is uh, many points. I don't know at what order I'd, I'd want to talk about it, but um, it's it, it's sort of like, um, you know, when you're craving a conversation with a friend and mm-hmm. you're, you're going to call them on their phone and you're you're, you want to call them because the specific things you want to talk about. If our listeners were to listen to it like that, I think that would be really fun because it's basically a conversation between two people who are really passionate about health and consciousness and the evolution of humanity um, having a chat and we're just letting everyone hear it. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that's the commonality that sort of brought us together. I don't, I don't know if that's... Um we mentioned that in the previous podcast, but, you know, Adam and I actually met because we were both personal trainers at a gym called Phoenix Fitness. Uh, This has probably gone back 10, 12 years now, I think thereabouts. So Mm. we've got a rich history together and yeah, and I think we both, you know, share the same sentiment on health and I guess being proactive with our health, but also we both love soccer, so that's a that's a big thing as well. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did want to because I actually, <clears throat> funnily enough, with that history that we have had, I haven't actually. I've spoken uh, a fair bit about my soccer history, and I haven't actually had a proper opportunity to have a full conversation with you about yours. How did you get into soccer? I actually got into soccer pretty late. I think it was like 14, 15. Um, I think for, for a lot of people, that's considered late. But um, yeah. there, was, there was like, you know, a number of years where I sort of just put in a lot of hard work. Like I would finish school and then come home and train for, you know, two, three hours at the park on my own. And then just coming up with my own drills in terms of dribbling and also control and all that. And I just had a, you know, and I think this is where it comes back to like self-improvement. I just wanted to be better and I wanted to showcase that, you know, on game day. And mm. and for it was really interesting because I think it was a period of like three to six months where my skill really transformed because prior to that, I was sort of just getting by and, um, you know, just coming to training and that sort of stuff. But until I really invested that time in myself and and really make it a conscious effort, which is which is what I'm doing now every day in terms of my knowledge and, and proactively uh, trying to improve my health, that's when I really saw the big 
change. And it's crazy because, you know, that goes to show that anyone can improve their health or learn a skill if you really just invest that conscious energy and time into it. And really, you know, when people say that I don't have time for this, and I think I've said this, you know, before that it's not really a matter of time. It's it's matter of priority, like wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. And what I'm what I'm hearing as you as you're speaking is what I what I found with with my football is that so many subcategories have stemmed off it like branches of a tree. You know, um, when you when you when you're craving more energy, um, there was the the discovery of better nutrition and and you get injured and you experience pain and then there was a whole world of pain the subject of pain philosophically and physically that i went through and still going through to to better myself and my client's life so i'm interested in your story also because i feel there's a lot of uh, parallels between our stories when it comes to our football leading into being health coaches so can you tell me how you feel about what I've said there, because I've, I've felt this for quite a while between us, but mm-hmm. I've never actually voiced it to you that there's this really distinct parallel between our football and our health, our health coaching. Yeah. Yeah. There's um, it's definitely, I guess, stems from wanting to be better and also just, I think a lot of pride because like back in, you know, when I was playing football, you know, in terms of my abilities to be better and to contribute more towards the team, because end of the day, you know, it's 11 man aside team. So if you're not really carrying your weight, then you're not really contributing. But in terms of the realms of health and, you know, the influence on our family and friends, I think that's where that translates into that because to the extent that you're able to learn and better yourself is to the extent that you're able to influence positively on you know the people that we we love and 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 making the as cliche as it sounds making the world a better place because that's how i genuinely feel like my purpose now is to to do that is to you know effectuate positivity and also the the right information and put that out there to people. So yeah, it's all about comes back to I guess my wanting to to serve and and be better so that I can serve better. Does that ring mm. true with you too? Yeah, I think it's an incredible developmental ground being involved in sport at such a high level because you're always trying to get the most out of yourself and if those are cemented lessons that you've learned in inverted commas that you should be passing that on to others. And uh, I, I spoke with you in the last interview about how that physical turned into that want and craving for psychology, that if, you, if your mind is synced with the body and you've got your thinking correct, then you can really master what you get out of your your mind and and your physical that that connection is is really profound. Yeah, it was so interesting as well because I know that how you got into health is from uh, you know undescribable amount of pain through your burst appendix, and I think for me it was like similar as well. I um I 
I think at the same time, me and my best mate, Anthony, we were playing at South Melbourne together and we both were victims of, you know, this chronic condition called osteitis pubis. And it was such a funny thing at the time. And I think it sort of led nearly into like being you know, depressed. And I know that for a lot of elite athletes, that's what happens because, you know, to take this, I guess, this ability to develop and this joy from you um, is really just taking your life force away. And it sort of got me, this pain sort of got me to sort of look into different avenues and in terms of, you know, alternative ways to, to better myself. So that's eventually when I sort of you know, because that really osteitis pubis, you know, shortened for OP, really prevents your ability to to run or yeah, mainly running and sprinting and sort of any lateral movements because you know your your the cartilage uh, on your pubis bone, which controls pretty much all movement, really, um, even stuff like sitting down, um, getting out of the car. Uh, was was painful which was really scary at the time and it was just something that you just experience on a daily basis and I, I'd ever know if it's something that's I guess well diagnosed now because I remember at the time it was very it w- was common but even then it was very wasn't very well understood and from that it sort of got me to develop and got me to stem into different things and trying to better myself and I think for you like it was a blessing in disguise because it sort of brought you a whole new world and a whole new purpose you know having uh that sort of that time away from soccer and having that realization yeah man everything you just said um i really didn't want to 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 butt in there because it's like i was speaking i don't know if you realize but for me it was a double whammy i had osteitis pubis and then i had my best appendix what? So I had osteitis pubis first and then I had my burst appendix. So I, I didn't know that. My understanding of emotional pain is is a is a dial that has been turned up to 100%. So when um I don't know what club it was for you. I seem to remember it was Aston Villa, but for me it was West Ham and my chance of playing for West Ham was basically killed by osteitis pubis. Uh, and I would be living a completely different life now. Grateful, of course, because I stumbled across the health industry. But um, when you talk about the emotional, like the depression that you get from not being able to realize that dream, mm-hmm. I couldn't, I don't think a person could relate to another person as much as we're relating right now on that subject because mm-hmm. I was. You know, it's not it's not great to toot your own horn, but at that age, I was at the top of my game and I felt like as a striker, I could beat any defense. I just, I felt like what would be referred to as, I just had it, you know, I just, I just had it. I, I felt that when I had the ball at my feet, I just had it. I had the, I had the knowledge that whenever I can control the game with the ball at my feet, the, there wasn't really any doubt as to who was going to win because I was going to score the goals required to to win the game. So it, it, it was emotional to the point that I can't actually describe in words, and that's coming from someone who's quite poetic. Mm. So for you, how did that pain translate into health? What was mm. the sort of the the clear transition 
between that and into, I guess, being so obsessed with health now? Yeah, I think the transference of that word as a definition was the the pivotal thing here. The obsessed. I translated my obsession of soccer and when you I prefer to call it football, but I want everyone to understand language here. So soccer, football. But we do live in Australia, right? So there could be listeners um, from the from the UK. Yeah, true. It's football lad. You now what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> So, no, but that, that obsession was, was huge. And you say, you know, you were training two, three hours. I was training four hours a day. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't really put a lot of, I used the excuse because I, I didn't really like school that much unless it was health, sport, art, or chasing girls. But there wasn't a lot of chasing girls, even though I wanted to, because I was so obsessed with my soccer. That word obsession, like, I was obsessed, man. And... <laughs> And um, by disabling that part of my life, the universe disabled that part of my life also gave me the gift of going into that realm of the health industry. Reason being, those two massive pains became, when I say two, for those people who hadn't heard the first interview we did together, it was the burst appendix, right? And Mm. now the groin injury doesn't compare as far as a pain threshold compared to the burst appendix because the burst appendix pain was off the charts. The osteitis pubis, and I'm sure you can relate, is more of a chronic pain that is a reminder every time you cough, sneeze, walk, sit up, stand up, squat. Every time you have to contract your core in any way, just getting out of bed, mm-hmm. it's this constant painful reminder that you're injured. And mm-hmm. for someone who doesn't have that injury, they can't relate. And you said that you wanted to talk about my book. There's so many different angles in my book, but I think one of the key takeaways in my book is going to be experiential learning and that you can't really know what the taste of a particular exotic fruit is or what the feeling of an orgasm is or what the feeling of that intense pain is unless you experience it yourself. And why I have such a craving to talk to you is because it seems like we've had a lot of similar experiences. I think humanity has in general had a lot of similar experiences because we do move towards pleasure and away from pain as a species. But when, when the stories get quite, when they, when they're so parallel, it does become a conversational craving and I, and I wanted to share one of, one of my pieces of writing with that. And I, I don't know, see if it sits well with you being someone who is so beautifully involved with herbs and, and nutrition and the betterment of yourself through nutrition and also someone who loves conversation. I once wrote, conversation is nutrition and words digest over time time being time, the herb, as a play on words. And so conversation is nutrition and words digest over time, kind of like a marination process. So that if I realize that you are a footballer, there is this knowledge inside me that I had the intention of asking you about it over time. And that then now that we have this conversation, we look back on this conversation in 10 years time 
And that nutrition, like time, has been added to the dish to marinate it and add more flavor to the conversation. How do you feel about that? That's uh, that's incredible, and I, I that's something I really appreciated about you. You know, more I think more of recent is is that your poetic and you know philosophical side, which I know makes a big big part of you know your book, which uh, we'll definitely you know be sure to to delve into. But you know, that's something that I've really really invest my time in uh, nowadays more than ever because rich conversations is pretty much one of the biggest thing that can enhance the joys and the fulfillment of life and so that's why for me now you know the more people i can connect with genuinely uh, and have those deep and rich conversations the more i feel like i'm transcending and the more i feel like i'm growing and so that that's a really you know precious part of my life now is that you know not just have the hello good day how are you going sort of conversation <laughs> but yeah having conversations like this it just it just lights my my fire from within and that's why one of the biggest reasons why i started this podcast is to connect with people you know on a you know deep and genuine level and to have these sort of conversations that we're having today and you know connect with you more and learn more about your story and also your purpose and you know as we're speaking now like I'm I'm connecting with you so much more and I I didn't know that you also shared you know this the same injury as as I did and I guess the more similar experience I'm sort of you know um finding out like it's it, it's making you know our connection even stronger and you know and and yeah just going back to the whole thing about being obsessed about you know soccer um it, i was so obsessed at the time that i actually used that as an excuse to break up with one of my previous girlfriends oh, wow. um and and yeah and it, it's and i guess it, it's it was you know half true because i was spending so much time in it that i felt like she you know deserved more of my time which i wasn't able to give but then mm. i guess for you you, you know you you experienced the same obsession um and then i guess that that sort of translates now into a readable form and also a, a listenable form which i know that you're working uh, on at the moment which is your your audio book so that, yeah. that's something i really want to delve into so what what's actually the, the title of your book and um and i guess what sparked you to want to to write a book now it's a provocative title um thanks for asking and thanks for this conversation man i really craved it um it's a provocative title and just a little bit of insight I haven't shared this with uh, many people yet, but just just the title was actually inspired by the provocativeness of Robert Kiyosaki's writing. I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad when I was 12 years old, and I've read it several times since. And I just love how simplistic he made the um, elevation of your financial health. I love the way 
he he wrote it in such a simplistic way for everyone to understand and i guess what i'm doing now is i'm realizing that i used to speak in a very scientific way and uh finishing school and when when i was finishing school i realized that the teachers and the career advisors were saying to me that that i'm going to need to either choose my artistic endeavors or i'm going to need to choose my sporting and health endeavors uh because i knew that my soccer career was fading out and i knew that i had to do something with my life but i felt incredibly disadvantaged and upset with the fact that there was these societal rules that that art and health and life and relationships and pain and the things that we're talking about couldn't be amalgamated as the one subject and as a title cuz i must come back to your question because i do veer off that rich dad poor dad became doctor's study sickness you should study health so that's the title uh quite a provocative title i know and it's provocative for a reason because there's just so much content out there now that there's so much content uh content that we've lost context mm. um so it's a very real book uh to slap people across the face in a philosophical psychological way where i'm using the psychology and the philosophy of the world to show people that a lot of the things that humanity has put in place hasn't yet allowed us to live as optimally as i'm sure most people want to live and that goes for everyone the the people who really just don't even have the opportunity to figure it out like let's say the homeless and the people who can't eat ranging up to the people who have way too much not when i say way too much i mean i don't think there is really such thing as way too much but way too much in the way that they use it it's like it's great to elevate yourself in a hierarchy and make yourself at the top of your game like we wanted to with our football but i think the nature of our consciousness is that even if we were professional footballers we'd want to be giving back and showing people that it's not about the the limelight it's about helping each other because i believe humanity is a molecule and if we don't fix certain areas of that molecule we all suffer so there's so much to be said about the book and i guess further conversation can just flow out of it if i guess the right questions are asked that's definitely very provocative title indeed and i think sometimes you need that sort of in your face factor for people to to wake up and i i see that you know every day you know i i i like to you know not like to but i i tend to refer to to a lot of people you know in modern society as the walking dead and mm. i think you you mentioned previously that people are so disengaged and switched off nowadays and i feel like this book is like an an awakening for the people um i guess that, that they can get their hand on it because it, it it probably will go into a lot of uh i'm sure confronting 
you know, theories and also principles that, and, and I'm sure that there's also implementable things in there as well. Right. So I guess what, what, what are the, the main things that you're the message that you're trying to get across through this book to, to the walking dead, so to speak? <laughs> uh, that savageness of that statement is beautiful. Um, I do talk about how people can get offended by things and, and I just think it's a bit silly because just because someone's offended doesn't mean that you shouldn't say the truth. Yeah. Uh, and that that is something that is permeating a lot at the moment through social media as this whole political correctness thing and not being able to speak your mind. It's It's very frustrating being someone like myself who grew up in the 80s where where if you thought something you say it and that my father who the book is dedicated to was such a real and blunt person that when i go to parties and social gatherings and when i speak my truth it's an adjustment for a lot of people and my friends appreciate it because it's like well with zaxi you're gonna get the realness you're gonna you, he's actually going to say exactly what he thinks. He's not going to pull any punches. And when someone else knows that you're not pulling any punches and you've got the real version of them, the authentic version of them, they're actually in a much safer place because they, they, they've just been told how it actually is. So they don't go away from that conversation thinking, Oh, I wonder what else he's thinking. Like, I wonder, I wonder what else is going on here. And then there's an anxiety that is now implanted in that person because they don't understand the truth. If the truth is spoken, we all benefit. It may hurt initially, but it's going to give that nutrition to the conversation, which marinates the dish over time. So, yeah, the book is firstly setting up the title of the book, Doctors Study Sickness, You Should Study Health, meaning that I'm not necessarily bagging doctors. In some ways I am, but only from the point of view of the system, that mm -hmm. the system is incorrect, that there is a hierarchy um, and status and prestige that is planted into doctors from a societal point of view where whatever they say goes is the is the accepted belief now if that person if that doctor is incorrect it becomes a iatrogenic mistake iatrogenesis comes from a greek word iatros which means physician and so iatrogenic disease or death comes from the physician meaning that meaning that it wasn't the disease or the ailment that caused your demise, but the actual person who was trying to treat you, which completely reverses the whole idea of a doctor doing no harm. And again, I'm not bagging doctors. I'm just putting out on the table mm -hmm. what is so that people can actually see something for what it is, that, that the truth is there. It's like, oh, Adam, you can't say that, but hang on a second. If you're offended, that is a gift for you to grow so that you can look into it and go, okay, this is actually how it is. I'm not saying doctors are bad. There's heaps of amazing doctors out there that have helped to heal people's life. That's, <laughs> that is just, that can't go without saying like, you, ha you have to say that, like 
there like there's amazing doctors out there it's just setting up the fact that there's the other side of the coin too that we shouldn't just hail doctors like they're like they're um like they're a god mm-hmm. um and with that setup with that setup it's to to show people okay cool so what if they're wrong now the government and political system has put in place certain things so that we think that we're looked after but in actual fact you have to look after yourself you have to take it upon yourself to look after your health because another one of my points is that health should be your number one value if it's not you can't enjoy anything else if you say i'm passionate about this or i'm passionate about that what you're actually saying is you're passionate about health obviously i look through the lens of life i look through the lens of of health and i say that health is life and life is health that word should be interchangeable mm-hmm. now now that we've got the setup i go into other chapters and i discuss why should you study sickness why are people sick and that leads into your sentiment before of of why are people the walking dead and like there's that beautiful sixth sense thing of you know i see dead people i actually see unhealthy people um you know i walk around and i see unhealthy people now because we need to elevate people's understanding of what health is they think that health is just taking a multivitamin and going for a run but it's actually not health is life which means that health is having a mind that can fire for this interview sorry to steal too much time because i'm i guess i'm on a bit of a rant but you asked me about how does one prepare for this i'll ask you how you prepared too but um i feel that i prepared for this chat like i would prepare for anything now we were both we both loved our football i prepared for that by getting my mind right getting my body right sleeping enough eating enough and and having everything all the pistons firing so to speak having everything working for me so that i'm ready and i'm switched on like why wouldn't you why would you go into anything half half assed or half cooked or half done how did you prepare for the for the chat man well yeah well firstly i just want to touch on the point and i resonate with this 100% that if you're offended that it's an opportunity to grow and I feel like people are so precious nowadays that they take offense, but then they don't do anything with that. Whereas for me, you know, throughout whole of my schooling years and even now, like it's it's crazy when you change your perspective and you look through the lens of opportunity for growth. And that's one of my affirmations that I, I say every day is that, Every obstacle that comes my way is an opportunity for me to grow and it's a lesson. So, you know, with that sentiment in mind, like I feel like just that alone, people will get so much more out of life and out of health. So that's one point that I wanted to to touch on from what you said. You actually said a lot. Sorry. And <laughs> no, no, don't be sorry. Like it's it was it's all very relevant. And the the second point is I think, you know, your health is all encompassing that all your uh, your passion and your priorities 
is misguided by just being tunnel vision in that very one thing. But if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. And I think that's truly why, for real, like why I'm so passionate about my health and that I research it to the nth degree and always try to be better. At the start of this year, I actually thought that, you know what, I'm, I'm pretty good with my health. Like I've invested the last, you know, pretty, pretty intensely, I would say, three years um, into modulating and tweaking every aspect of my health and my diet. And I thought that at the start of this year, yep, I'm pretty good with that respect and that I can move on from that and focus on other things. But that was a big mistake, you know, now on reflection because not because I didn't think I achieved great health. I felt amazing, you know, at the time and now, but it, it's actually a journey and it is, there's really no end destination. And I think that's, you know, your your hindsight is always twenty twenty. And I really appreciate that now because, like I said, you know, at the start of the year, I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty good for my health. But now I'm like, man, there's just so much more that you can unravel and and learn from. And and I'm sure there's so much more that I can learn from, you know, your book as well. So that's the second point. The third point is that I 100% agree with the title of the book because I saw firsthand, you know, the the ill recommendations from doctors for myself and also you know for my mother who is very reliant on you know those physicians with white coats and sometimes you know when i check in on her because you know with as as the time of this recording you know we've gone through 6 7 months of pretty much harsh restrictions here in melbourne victoria so i try to check in with my my mom every now and then and the main one of the main things that i pretty much always ask her is how's your health how's your not just your physical health but how's your mental health um because you know she's been struggling with that for for a little bit um which you know i'll probably go into a a different episode uh, about that but yeah and and just hearing in terms of her explaining to me and her visits to doctors it just makes me cringe but more so makes me angry because what they're recommending to her and what advice they're giving her and not just that but we've been conditioned to take everything the doctor says as the absolute truth and that there's nothing more. So I really, really appreciate and really like the title of this book because it challenges that thinking. And I think it it can only serve people because, you know, statistically people, people in the U S hundreds and thousands of people die each year by taking the prescribed amount Mm -hmm. of, of the drugs from, from these doctors, the prescribed amount and I remember when I was in the US, you know, a couple of years ago, it's it's so crazy how much poor the pharmaceutical industry has in the US because every, I'm not even kidding you, every second ad was an ad for a pharmaceutical drug. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're of the Fazol- sentiment. Fazola, et cetera. Yeah, it's it's so crazy. Like late night during the day, like all times of the day, it was just pharmaceutical advertising and Mm. a lot of people especially doctors 
uh, of the sentiment, you know, there's a pill for every ill. Mm. But that's not the case at all. I don't believe that's the case. And I, I know that you don't think that's the case. So we'll, we'll definitely expand on that. But in terms of answering your question, so I raised a few points there. Um, but getting back to your question, how I prepared for this interview is pretty much just consolidating everything that I know uh, now and, you know, and really, truly appreciating the, the journey it got me to, to, to this place now of my understanding. And it's not something that happens overnight and it's not something that happens by accident that we have to put the conscious energy and time into to researching these things, to want to know more. And also the main important thing is willingness to be wrong. And I can definitely say that in my health journey, I've been wrong on multiple occasions, but I don't take offense to that. And I don't let my pride get in my way of my betterment and my development because that means that I get to be better and I get to serve better. Beautiful. That allows me to say that towards the end of the book, there's me promoting the idea of the rise to ultimate health rather than just ultimate health itself, that you have recognized that that you're never going to know everything there is to know and you're never going to be able to nail it, so to speak. That's a metaphor, but being able to really get to the point where you've reached a, a promised land of health because I, I, I make the, the argument that you're going to be breathing your last few breaths of life as we know it, and you're going to know that you couldn't have possibly known everything, that in your earlier life, you thought that you had it all covered, and you actually don't. And that's what's beautiful. That's what's beautiful to the infinite rise to ultimate health. I refer to it as because that rise to ultimate health it it never it's never ending. It's it's a it's a bottomless cup. It always needs nourishment. It doesn't ever stop. And so, therefore, our offspring, that same knowledge, that same wisdom, that same philosophy, also, it never stops. So the the idea that i've had from a legacy point of view is if i can get the thinking right if i can get the questions right questions that allow us to have infinite thought about health that means that countless future generations can benefit from my work rather than me saying this is exactly how it is and this is exactly how nutrition is or this is exactly how we must train or think or be that that if the questions are right, then we'll we'll never stop with our pursuit and our and our passion and our obsession that you used, the word obsession that you used for health itself, that it, it's just it's a never ending loop. Mm. So I guess, yeah, your book is thought provoking more than mm. anything. Yes. So with, with that sentiment in mind, like Tell me your understanding of how we got it so wrong all over these years uh, with mm. the, the the sickness and the health industry. How has it come to be that in the year that we're in now, 2020, and we still haven't quite figured it out? 
Mm. I'll use many examples. One of them that just came to my mind, this is all in the book, but there's just so many examples in there and it's going to be really fun for people to read. It's something, there's something in it for everyone because I use quotes, I use poetry, I use references, I use science, I use a lot of questions, I, I slap you around a bit and get you offended, et cetera, et cetera, in order to get you to have that thought-provoking uh, element. So when you're not just going to read it and go, oh, that's a beautiful read. I enjoyed that. I want you to enjoy it because it actually forced you to grow. So let's grow. So I forgot the question because I got passionate about that. <laughs> passion is good. Passion is good. But yeah, the question was, how did we get so wrong with like the, the yeah. sickness and the health industry? And why, why, why do you feel that we still as a society haven't quite figured out yet <laughs> yeah so i make the i make the the idea and the, the reference to politics and i say that politics and then now i'm just flying off the cuff as well i'd say something like the share market or our belief of love or whatever 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 the subject is that we're looking at if enough people believe that it's something that is important and enough people talk about it, it becomes a thing. So my belief is that politics doesn't need to exist. The only reason it does exist is because people talk about it. So if you didn't talk about it, it just wouldn't be there. <laughs> I mean, think about that. It, that, that, is, that is what we're talking about, thought provocation, is pr provoking elements, is that if... if um, there's so many examples this year and that's why it was actually really fun to write and like really push the end of writing the book this year because one, I've had the time to do it and two, there's just been so much bullshit with coronavirus and Black Lives Matter and just so many things that we can just go, hang on a second. No, no, no. <laughs> Black Lives Matter, all lives matter. Yes, I understand that racism is there for a reason. Mm -hmm. um, look, even even me just mentioning this title, Black Lives Matter, people have already. I can I can just feel it when they listen to it. They've already got their nerves pricked up. You mm -hmm. know, the sphinx are tightening. Oh my god! Like I look at you know I'm a Manchester United supporter. I watch every game, and the boys get down on one knee and. For us, we see it as a hip flexor stretch, but that's that's Black Lives Matter. It's some sort of hashtag identity sort of mission, vision sort of thing. It's, it's nothing. Like all lives matter and all lives matter because we got it wrong to begin with. We got the philosophy wrong to begin with. Yeah, but I'm, a, I'm, I'm you know, I'm part of the black community and this is wrong. And yeah, I get that it's wrong. Like I'm not saying it's not wrong. What I'm saying is, if we didn't believe in race, then we wouldn't have racism. If we didn't believe in politics, wow. we wouldn't have politics. If we didn't believe in nutrition, we wouldn't have nutrition. We would just eat. <clears throat> so nutrition is a word that has come out of the things that we get from food. But if we just did what our ancestors do and go, well, that looks delicious, I'll eat it. The problem is we've re-engineered the food for it to be unhealthy, therefore needing to have nutrition, needing to have all these concepts around it in order to get what we would have otherwise got from the food when it was in its raw form. But 
the reason Black Lives Matter is because racism or race, let's just say race, is something that was a concept that was born out of, and I will put to you that I will look back on this and know it still to be true. Race is created out of pigmentation of the skin. So it's only based on where your genetics come from. Genetics, right? So Mm -hmm. the closer you are to the equator, the more dark your pigment will be, meaning that you have more protection from the sun. This also means that you need more sunlight to create vitamin D. The the other side of the coin is the more fair-skinned you are, the quicker you will burn, but the faster you will absorb vitamin D. Mm -hmm. Now, I love culture. I love the diversity of food and traditions and the way that beautiful people come together and that a smile is the universal language. So now on one hand, you're hearing, I think Black Lives Matter is an absolute fucking joke. And on the other side, I'm saying, I don't see color being something that would ever divide me from a beautiful conversation or interaction with a human being. I don't see color in that way. If someone has a beautiful complexion, as in dark, light, whatever it is, if you're healthy and you've got a big smile on your face or frown on your face, look, a smile on your face means I'm going to mirror the smile and we're going to get along. A frown on the face means because you and I care, I want to go and help you to do something about it if you're open to it. So this is this is what I mean. And now, if conversation is nutrition and words digest over time, that means that the ingredients that I'm putting forward to you now is that something that is going to marinate over time. You might be really offended right now by my what I said about Black Lives Matter. You might be really offended by what I said about politics, how it's an absolute joke that the left wing and the right wing come from the same birds. So I choose not to fly with those birds or get caught up with that conversation. So what I would prefer to invest my time into is how to actually move forward to get away from politics, to get away from the conversation of weather, race, drama, um, all of these things that people have clouded their understanding with. We're so consumed by so many things that don't matter. We've forgotten what does, and it's your health. Yeah, that's so true. If anything, we live in a time where there's too much information and too much damn drama. Like we, yeah, it, it, it like consumes us and it sort of clouds our thinking and also, you know, our objectives in life and 100% agreed, which is health because without health, you know, you don't have anything as, as cliche as that may sound. But, you know, I um, I had, you know, a, a pretty real experience going to a mechanic that was recommended to me, a really skillful mechanic. And, you know, he was running a successful business and he found out, that he, you know, he went to the same school as I did. Um, and he was actually recommended to me by um, my careers teacher when he sort of we ran into each other on the street. And so, I, you know, I started going to this mechanic guy and he's very skillful and you know, does a very thorough job. And, you know, a few months later when I got my car service again, when I went to speak to him, he said, oh, you know, work slowed down a bit because I had to 
cut back on the amount of work. And then so I queried him like, you know, mm. what what's why has that been? And he just said, you know, my health hasn't been the greatest. And this is a guy that provides for his family, um, that runs a genuine business uh, with a genuine service. And, you know, I think he had two daughters, a wife, and he just said, I just, I'm just feeling knackered by the end of the day and I don't know what it is and the doctors don't know what it is. And to me, that really got me is that mm. this real human being is being affected. You know, regardless of the successful business that he was running at the time, um, because he was super busy when I went to him initially and to hear that he is suffering from an ailment that he can't diagnose or the doctors can't diagnose, that really saddens me. And it really got me to think that, you know, all lives matter and that all our health matters. And that's why I'm so proactive and so passionate about health, especially for myself and also for my close ones and also for anyone that's willing to absorb what I'm putting out there is because I know that it will have a positive influence on people's lives and it's not waiting until sickness hits but to proactively do something about it. So mm. is that where you're coming from as well with your sentiment is being proactive instead of reactive with health? Absolutely, man. I'm, I'm coming from a place of, can we throw away the nonsense and just come back to the fact that we want people to grow and to be better. And I want everyone to get along. I want a better world for everyone. And geez, thank goodness there's someone like David Attenborough with his recent documentary of saying, hey, can we, can we grow up a bit? Can we, can we make things better? Can we throw away the nonsense and actually look at what we're actually doing to ourselves and the planet? Can we can we grow, please? Can we finally do something about this? I actually haven't watched that. Is it is it like a plea for for humanity to get our shit together? Is it? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's, and you know, he's he's got that voice. It's just ah, oh, it's like a Morgan. It's a Morgan Freeman level of voice. <laughs> Go you know? on, you know, you want to do it. <laughs> Here I am out in the wilderness and I, I can't do it. I can't do it. I just, just I, I have a really good mate who's amazing at voices. Uh, I think that was a Bear well. Grylls. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. See, yeah. See, I'm going to fuck it up. You know, so um, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stick to what I'm good at. Right. Sure. <laughs> I tried to do some voices in the book and then I'm like, Adam, just read it with your own voice. <laughs> but I think I nailed the, um, I think I nailed the, um, Buzz Lightyear voice. I think I did all right at the Buzz Lightyear voice. I, I did that in the book. Oh, nice. Um, but I make a lot of movie references, mu movie and mu music references, because that's what I'm about, you know. There's well, a bit of um, there's a bit of uh, Back to the Future in there. There's a bit of Wizard of Oz. There's, there's, there's a, as I said, there's a well, bit of bit of stuff in there for everyone. All classics and, you know, things that people can relate to, right? That's the most important thing. Yeah. Um, it's that psychedelic spectrum of beautiful media and culture that has been thrown at us positively over the years so there's there's heaps of things that i consider to be bullshit in um in the media but there's plenty of things that i've watched since childhood that you look back on with nostalgia um the the whole hoverboard thing with um with back to the future so instagram video of that guy um jake king 
Is that his name? He's that guy that creates these really incredible videos where he is able to create these really cool illusions. And he comes in on the Back to the Future hover, hoverboard. I just saw it, I think, today. It was a hollow, It was his Halloween costume, is the uh, Back oh, to nice. the Future ho- uh, hoverboard. But yeah, just like there's a lot of cool things and there's a lot of things that just you just think, what are you you're just trying to put shit out there hashtag this hashtag that just to be inverted commas an influencer when 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 it really comes down to it you're only popular because you got nice boobs and ass like that's pretty much why you're popular like you don't really offer anything else to the world so you know let's grow up a bit let's let's do some shit yeah definitely so with that sentiment in mind how do you relate to people in your book and make it so that it's you know uh understandable and assimilable by the general public like what what sort of efforts have you done to to ensure that it's analogy bro it's it's the idea of analogy which um many people put to me over the years in my development and my in my growth has been adam you're really good at explaining the science and understanding how health works but we don't know what you're talking about uh, and then I, the same thing that was happening to me when I would make philosophical references and write my own philosophical poetry, it was that I was finding that I was going over people's heads and I was losing people, you know, the, the sort of the glazed eyes. So what I've, what I've managed to do, I think, in this era with this book is I've been able to combine the two together, to combine the reference material together to help people to understand the content for it to make sense and so i've thrown it at you from different angles so that it does make sense because i've realized in my infancy i've realized i didn't realize that everyone learns differently and then as i've evolved i realized in order to 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 get people to get it i'm gonna need to to look at it from all angles so that we can all collectively go ah yes that's true for everyone actually so what i've done is i've I haven't just put my philosophical poetry in there. I'm talking about a certain concept and I'm sharing the shiny but maybe painful truth to you and then for them to go, oh, it's difficult, and then throwing a little bit of poetry at you and going, oh, that was fun. Oh, actually, that makes sense now. Oh, I'm not not as offended. Or maybe I am, but like it's sort of softened the blow because that sounded beautiful. And um, and that's been the fun of the book is is the combining and and creating analogies that people are very visual in their mind that if I can create the right visuals for them, I help to bring them to the party, so to speak. Yeah, right. Well, let's um, let's get into the the meat and potatoes, or I like to call the tofu and potatoes. <laughs> of, uh, Mr. Of- Vegan. <laughs> <laughs> Of of some of those main pillars of health, like for someone that comes to you and say, Adam, I'm so lost in my ways. Like what are the some of the main things that people can focus on that they can do today to improve their health? Yeah, and I think that's, um, thanks for the question. It's, it's a really cool one because I think that's a combination of the the method and then the also the different type which is the the question the client ask the question for the client to for the client to come up with the answer so over time i've i've realized that 
the best way to to help my clients is to do a bit of a combination with both um that there was a lot of in-person coaching and then this year it's obviously been a lot on zoom and zoom's been a cool platform but um through my coaching sessions on zoom and you know hopefully some of my clients hear this that they can sort of nod their head at the moment and that is that um, they'll ask me a question and I know they're craving the answer from me straight away, but that can create a little bit of laziness. Um, so what I've done in the book is I've treated it as if you, the reader, is also one of my beautiful clients where it's like, I'm going to ask you some really difficult questions for you to answer so that you can then come up with the answer. Now, the tofu and potatoes that comes out of that is is what you make of it so it it depends on your own evolution or your craving for how much evolution that you want to transpire based on the questions that i'm asking you so although my a to z health program is pretty much just telling you the answer but still with questions at the end of each chapter the book the lead-in book i i think of it as a lead-in book is very much the why so when I coach clients, I think of why, what, how, and it very is, uh, very much is a context of the time in which we're asking the question. So why is pretty much the depths of your past as to why you want to look into a certain subject. That's your why. What drives you to do what you do? The what is what you're going to do about it right now. So that's the action element of success. The how is always the future because the how is you explaining to the next person how you did it. They're still going to have to discover it for themselves, but the how is, is only an explanation of how you did it. So when a client asks me how, I say you need to start asking better questions because how is not something that you're going to be able to know by me telling you. If I tell you, you're still not going to know how because you haven't done it yet. First, I need to establish why you want what you want. So this book is very much a why book. Wow. So now when someone is craving some cool Adam Zach's philosophy and nutrition and training knowledge out of this book, they may get it. But the thing is, the way they're going to get it is through my questioning because I've noticed through other entrepreneurs that their first book very much has been a why book, that they're not giving away too much information. They're, they're telling you the information over time once you go down further pathways into looking into my work. This why book is to encourage you to start your journey to to start to, to make that first step, that, that beautiful old quote of a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. That's not in the book, but I think that the book is really going to resonate on that frequency. Yeah, that's, uh, that's incredible. And thanks so much for illuminating on that, that, you know, that it's, it's a why book. And, and like we said, it's thought provoking because I think a lot of people want to get straight down to the solution it's like the how but then for any long-term results or for any real successes in life as we know you know this is i guess brought upon by you know simon simnick's 
uh, video on you know, establishing your why, and I think it's it's quite a yeah, popular it's a great one. Yeah, um, is to have long lasting results and to have consistency. I think why is is so important. So I'm so glad that you you know you you're mentioning that and that it's it's pretty much a, a big part of your book, uh, especially your first book anyway. And I think you said before um, that you mentioned to me that, you know, it's it's largely a health book, but also a book of philosophy. So mm, how does yes. the philosophy sort of weave into a health book? <laughs> it's, oh, wow. It's such a, a funny and and curious question because why wouldn't someone think of philosophy as health? Like, I mean, if we can get our thinking right, then then we can then therefore obtain health. This is this is what I mean that over the years I I've realized that not everyone thinks the same. And and so what why one of one of the many reasons, one of the geez, so many reasons it's been really enjoyable to write the book, is it's given me an opportunity to explain a lot of the thinking behind my work so that I can get people to understand my work and understand where I'm coming from because of that whole idea of not everyone thinking the same, but yeah, no, thanks for asking. Cause you don't even, even the writer who writes a book, um, I think it's important for anyone who's sharing knowledge to also understand that people don't understand things in the same way. They might have great understanding, but it's not in the same way. It's not from the same angle. Uh, they don't use the same language. And so it's been an opportunity for me to explain my version of articulation, to explain I'm coming from this angle because this, this, and this. And I'm sharing this with you because this, this, and this. And these particular nutrients here add certain flavors to the dish, and you're going to experience these flavors because of this. And so it's it's like a explaining my thinking book as well so that I can I can get people to be in my living room as if they're having a chat with me so that it's almost like we're getting to know each other as friends when you read the book or listen to the book. Um, so that's been another really enjoyable thing. But yes, back to the question I did remember at this time. <laughs> uh, is thank, that, thank God you're not a, a walking dead. <laughs> that's right. It's just fucking guys asleep. What the fuck? So no, it's it's really the, the it's it's come out of, you know, I thank my year 11 English teacher because I was coming from a place of art and sport and I didn't really like or enjoy the traditional subjects. What this year 11 teacher allowed me to do was to increase my vocabulary. And with better vocabulary, I wanted to understand the definition of the word that I'm that I'm trying to learn. So the, in year 11, there was a lot of boosting of my vocabulary through just looking up the dictionary in the thesaurus and seeing how words connect and seeing what words mean and the depth, geez, the depth of just one word and where it comes from, like it's, it's, um, it's origin. Like, is it a, originally a French word, a Latin word, an English word? Is it Shakespearean? These sorts of 
references has a whole history just behind one word. And then it 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 put me into this um trajectory of 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 a craving of language and I and I fell in love with it. And I started, I think it was about 16, 17, about yeah, 16, 17. Um, I started to write poetry with the with the small amount of vocabulary that I did have. So I started to practice it through my creative juices because I was a, such a creative person. And I believe, like this is now back to our football, I believe that my position on the football field, being a striker, was the most creative position. And I think of the defenders being more like a maths equation because it's very much judging of distances and and doing that slide tackle is very much a, like a judging of distance, almost as if you're driving a car and judging distances on a road. Wow. But a striker is someone, if you've got the ball at your feet, you are the creator. You're the one that's creating the poetry to put that ball into the top right corner of the net and then to rip your shirt off and just go, yes, I, I did it. I was able to create a masterpiece, you know, something that didn't exist that we now look at clips on YouTube and go, do you remember that goal? Do you remember that Ryan Giggs goal back in 1999 where he took on five defenders and put it into the top left corner? He's a creator. And so when I was starting to uh, create poetry, I realized that I was very much at the beginning because I was reading other poetry by incredible poets and just going, wow, like what a, what a, what a journey I'm going to have to go to in order to just play on that field, like I'm going to need to just improve my understanding of what words mean in order to write like that. So I, um, I got really into poetry and through poetry, I got interested in philosophy and I know it's a bit of a, a long way of answering the question, but there's scope in it. So, so bear with me. So philosophy, right? Um, I saw philosophy as the ultimate poetry because in one short statement, you can be incredibly poetic and profound. And that is where the depth of the love of philosophy came through. Whereas like I was reading some statements that were just so short in words, but so had so much depth with each word that is spoken because it has so much history behind that word. I think that there, there is a hierarchy in words that certain words have a lot more scope and depth than other words. I think it's the resonance in those yes. words, right? Yes. Yes. And so then what it means for the person hearing it means that if you get the words right, it increases the impact in which they then go about their life. So now this is, this is where the nugget of, beauty comes from is like you asking me the subcategory of the book is disguised as a philosophy book because if the philosophy is right now if i've written it correctly i really hope i have i really hope i have written it correctly because if i have written it correctly that means that people are going to be able to change their life and so therefore i've obtained my intention of the book which is to change lives so so with the poetic philosophy that I call it, poetic philosophy, not just philosophy and not just poetry, but poetic philosophy, meaning that someone had, someone coined the term, oh, you're not just a health coach, you're like a lifestyle philosopher. 
And I thought that was really cool because lifestyle philosophy means that through increasing our philosophy, we get to have a better lifestyle. So the enjoyment just get keeps getting ramped up the better I'm able to articulate myself and the better that I get it right. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that, man. And I'm so glad that you shared that because, you know, philosophy is like such an area of interest to me, especially studying, you know, the the ancients and the greats in, in philosophy because and we spoke about this the other day in our phone call uh, when we chatted because, you know, language and words in specifically are so powerful and you can really hurt someone with your words. And mm. I would say even more so than physical because we know what physical harm does. But and, and where this sentiment comes from, and, you know, I don't mean to, to deject, but, you know, I've got a friend from work who, who said that, you know, she separated from her husband for, for, due to abuse, but she's like, he never laid a hand on me. It was all emotional and wow, man. abuse. So that yeah. just goes to show, you know, on the other spectrum of how powerful words can be in affecting someone and as much as causing you to separate um, after having two kids together, like that's, that's, that's the impact of, of words. And that's something that I'm very careful nowadays in my selection of words and why I love, you know, language and why I love philosophy so much. And, and I never, never, never really did. I didn't really do well um, at English in school. It was actually one of my weaker subjects. And I remember, you know, sitting next to, you know, Emily, if she's listening uh, in English <laughs> class and yep. just copying her because she was like the English, uh, like she was the ducks of the class. And wow. I, was, I was struggling with English big time. But over time and through, once again, we're talking about like, you know, conscious and also intention in, in trying to better my vocabulary and my, my words, I just feel like you're able to be so much more impactful with your message. So I really appreciate that you spent so much time in an effort in, in that respect of your book, not just being a health book, but being able to get that message across and man, like kudos to you for, for, I guess, having that, that sort of that thought and that sort of appreciation for words and particularly philosophy and poetry. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you for appreciating it, but it, I, I really do maintain that it, it is, it's come out of the fact that I enjoy it, that it's just my, very simple message is find something that you love because when you love it, the last chapter, the very last chapter of my A to Z health program is fulfillment. And so, you know, in one of my darkest times, I wrote um, the, what I feel and, you know, look, everyone has an opinion, but what I feel is one of my be best pieces of writing on that philosophical poetry. It's not in the book, it's in the program, but would you like me to share it? Yes, please. Yeah. Yep. It's it's basically an idea of being able to bring yourself out of the darkness and into 
a life that is filled with joy and love and happiness again. And I, I thought of it, 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 it's just come about through our conversation because that's just how things work, right? So through the betterment of our philosophy and realizing that certain words have a hierarchy, that certain words mean more, we can we can sort of get to a, a crux of something and get to a point of something and realize, okay, this is what it means to to really live on the highest end. The reason why it's the last chapter of the A to Z health program is because fulfillment is is the highest level of health. If you're fulfilled, then you will literally everything else will fall into place. It is the ultimate of flow states. It's it it is the it's the Zen Buddhist monk at the top of the hill. It is it is everything. Fulfillment is everything. Now the piece of writing is fulfillment is the greatest warmth for the coldest night. It's the fire that burns when there is no light. This is the piece that came out of incredible darkness in a time I don't want to share the full story, but if you can visualize me sitting on the step of a empty house where a relationship was coming to a close and realizing that, that, everything had closed down to the point where I realized I'd lost myself in the relationship and I hadn't been focusing on my fulfillment, my fulfillment being my message to the world through A to Z health, that um, it's incredible that pain is something that can be so delicious when you look back on it, if it's managed to pull you out of that darkness. Now on that step, it was the middle of the Melbourne winter. So around June, July, looking up to into a starless and moonless sky, incredibly cold. The heater of the house isn't on and I'm sitting on the cold doorstep of the house. Why? I don't know. I just, sometimes when you're in a dark place, you in some ways tend to crave more darkness just to try to really sit in it and sort of see what's coming through it. So mm. incredible darkness and coldness and, and depth, depths of despair, you know? So the way I write, the way I write is this example is shared a lot with people, this fulfillment piece, because I've managed to tell people how I write through that. If myself or a client is dealing with something that is really, really difficult to get through. I tend to ask the question of, okay, so first of all, what is it? What is the thing that is causing the pain? And what do we need to add back into your life or remove in order to then first establish what the awareness around it is? First word, fulfillment. I was lacking fulfillment because I got so lost into that relationship. Okay, fulfillment. It's cold outside and I'm cold inside. And the reason why I hate people talking about weather is because all it is, is it's the weather going on inside them. It's not what the actual weather is outside because it can be a cold night and you can be warm inside. It can be a really hot day and you can be cool like a beautiful stream, you know? 
So, okay. So the words fulfillment, what is fulfillment? If I add fulfillment back into my life, what does that mean? So we're piecing it together. Okay. So if I'm cold, then fulfillment must be warmth. Okay, cool. So I've got the first line now. Fulfillment is the greatest warmth. What is it? It's the coldest night. I, I haven't been more depressed than this in this moment. Fulfillment is the fulfillment is the greatest warmth for the coldest night. It's the fire that burns when there is no light. So wow. to share the idea of philosophy is to get the words right and to get people to understand that that's what you mean so that everyone else can dance with you, to sing the song with you, to smile with you, and that when we come out of this fucking ridiculous lockdown, that we do all dance together and we do all share conversation and we do uplift each other with our philosophy. That's incredible, man. And I um, really appreciate you sharing that so publicly and with me as well. And it really, when you said that quote, it really, you know, spoke to me and really, you know, it sent shivers down my spine because there's so much truth in that. And, and that, yeah, a lot of people need to hear that because fulfillment is the, is the greatest joy in life. And whatever you're doing, if you're not fulfilled, then what are you doing with your life? And you're yeah. pretty much just getting by. So for you, so I want to go back to that and not really dwell into, I guess, the reasons how you got into experience the darkest times of your life, but how did you get out? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we'll come back to the philosophy, yes. but And then I'm sure you can relate to this too now training right so training is a definite increasing of the balance of our hormones like to, to rebalance our hormones and then through the bookends of the day if you can have a really uh, intense fulfilled and loving and insightful day where you got all your needs met to the to the level that the day allows you to that you therefore then has have a really deep sleep um as a as a kind of like a boomerang effect or the the more that you pull that rubber band back the further it will go and and I will must I must say this a dear friend of mine Amel who uh, filmed me many years ago in an interview for a documentary that he's got got coming out at some stage I'm not going to say when but he's been developing it's kind of his opus it's his it's his life's work He's created. A, he's creating a spirituality documentary. His company is called Brave Archer Films, and it's the idea of the archer, Brave Archer. The further that he pulls back that bow, the further that the arrow will project into the air. And I really do. That really resonates with me because of the line of private practice equals public success. That I love that. that a guy like you, I'm just so in awe of you because you're so disciplined, man. And it really reminds me of how I 
used to be. <laughs> now I'm still disciplined, but like really, you know, when I was training four hours a day for my football, I see that in the, in you now with your health, like you're so disciplined. And I think all of that time that you spend on your health in private is why you're so publicly healthy. I was at your wedding and yeah, you did the dance with your beautiful wife. After that, you're doing fucking one-handed handstands and doing flips and shit. I'm just like, <laughs> this guy, this guy is unbelievable. So private practice equals public success. You're just you're just a beacon of light. And the reason you are is because you put so much effort into yourself. And if I could, and if you could, if we could just get people to realize that the more you work on yourself, there is no greater love you can put into the world because you're coming from a full cup. Yeah, man. Thanks um, for sharing that. And thanks for, I guess, for even acknowledging that because it's really, you know, sometimes this journey that we're all on can get dark at times. So, you know, when, when you sort of feel the appreciation sort of, it motivates you to, to, to go on. And, and I, I share that, you know, sentiment very sincerely because, you know, and I'm sure you, you feel it as well, because anyone that sort of is doing something revelational will feel this is that sometimes it can be really dark and lonely out there. So, yeah, so I really, you know, sincerely appreciate that comment. And it's it's definitely, there's no lies behind it because I do obsessively focus and study and want to be better because as, as we mentioned before that it, it's, I think it's not really for me. It's like so that I can optimally and maximally effectuate my being my purpose my fulfillment and i I think yeah i think that that's why we're both so passionate because we want to ultimately give more but then to give more you have to be more and to be more you have to be be better. So I think that's where the self-betterment comes from for me anyway, is that, you know, so that we can ultimately serve and be our best self and be that that beacon of light, um, which you so elegantly quoted. So yeah, so so yeah, this is for for you as well, right? Like, you know, that's 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 what I see in you is that that passion for for health. And, you know, it's so unrelenting because I've only entered this sort of true health passion, you know, in in the last half decade or so. But I know for you, it's been since a long time, like, you know, like when when you burst your appendix that, you know, that, that many moons ago. So... So yeah, man. So kudos for you for being so relenting with your passion for health. And yeah, it's really admirable and it's it's really cool to see, I guess, your your evolution and your journey over the years and to see you never give up on it. So Thank you. I had a question for you, man. Yeah. Your um 
really developing in a cool way. And what I mean by that is you've managed to not just be interested in health, but to do it in a way where you're publicly developing yourself and and you're doing it where you're asking questions of your guests to it's not just to help others, but I really notice in your consciousness and your your way of going about things is you're trying to learn. I really love that you're so openly trying to learn. There's a lot of ego out there where they're fronting and they're just saying, this is what I know and you all must listen. Your approach is, yeah, I know a fair bit of shit about life and about health and I'm doing pretty well at it. But you're very, very clearly and obviously asking others what their opinion is, what their findings are, what their research has been. And you've managed to elevate yourself a lot faster than what other people who are studying health have managed to do because you're asking more questions and you're asking better questions. My question to you is, what's been a common thread from your guests? Like, What's an energy that you're picking up from all of the people that you've interviewed so far, and I have noticed it's getting better. Your mind and your vocabulary and your way of speaking, your interview style, although it was already amazing in our last interview, it's constantly evolving. Like your your growth has been exponential and it's pretty amazing to see, actually. I've got to say, it's really exciting. Like you're you're on fire, man. Um and what I what I want to know is what it, what's been um, something that has been, let's just say the word exciting for you lately, when you think back on all of your guests, what's a common thread that you've picked up from all of the guests that you've interviewed? That's a very good question. And you really got me thinking there. Um, and it's not something that I'm, I thought of before. So I'm really flying off the cuff here. And as, as, as you were saying that, I think what's coming to me is is unrelenting passion so unrelenting passion for their their beliefs and also for their practice so to to expand on that i think everyone that i brought on so far you know has a certain belief system a certain set of principles that they follow that they just that's what they wake up for uh, and it's really cool to see and that's what I've sort of in terms of the commonality that's what I've observed in in these people is that everyone has a different spin on health everyone has a different spin on life or philosophy but the people that I've spoken to so far they're very they've got 100% conviction with what they're preaching, what what they're talking about. And I see that in you as well. And, you know, in, in myself as well, is that we are just so passionate and so, yeah, I'll use that word again, unrelenting with with progress and with with learning as well. And I think that's where, you know, going back to, the growth that I've sort of experienced over the years is that I'm always curious 
And here's a funny story because, <laughs> uh, you know, you can't have a podcast with, with, without a funny story. So, <laughs> in, and this is where I guess sort of my curiosity came from. So, in, in pretty much in the library one day, you know, I logged onto the computer and as you do, you know, when you want to do some work or printing and stuff like that. And there was a file on there that said teachers' passwords. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm already laughing. I know and, that's not the kicker. That's not the kicker, but it's and, already funny. <laughs> and knowing Bianca and knowing other people, they probably were just like, wouldn't even dare touch that. But for me, I'm like, teachers' password must be something exciting, something revelational in there. So I clicked on it and I'm not even kidding you. I don't, to this day, I don't know how this happened, but then it sent a local pop-up message to every single computer in the school with profanity and it linked back to my computer and I got in trouble for that. And I remember... And I don't know if it was set up by a friend who was very good at like hacking into computers or was set up by the teachers on purpose, but that was the only isolated incident that I know of that happened in my school that happened to me. And when the teacher questioned me or the principal at the time was that, you know, luckily we were able to quickly remove that. So the people that weren't on the computer at the time didn't see it. But like, what caused you to click on that? And I just said, I was curious. And those were my answers. And (laughs) you know what he said to me? He said, Mm. Vu, did you know that curiosity killed the cat? (laughs) And at the time, I was not very well round with those sort of saying. And and, and it's a metaphor. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, killed the cat why would the cat die <laughs> what, what from the curiosity cat I, I didn't about? die yeah. from this curiosity so yeah. i think that's where we sort of got ingrained in us that you know don't be curious because it will oh, get you gosh. into trouble and i'm yeah. glad that i didn't listen to him and i'm glad that i continue to be curious and not just curious but like genuinely curious like i want to know because yeah. i want to unlock the secrets of the universe and Honestly, man, like that that's where my growth in the last couple of years stemmed from is from being genuinely curious and also, you know, on, on top of that is, 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 and I mentioned this recently, I think in my story and just being really, um, really frank about it is that understanding and appreciating that I don't know everything, that there is I don't believe an absolute truth and that I'm willing to be wrong at any given time because only then will that truly support my growth. And, you know, so far cats haven't died that I know of and, uh, and, and I've, I've grown. So does, does that answer your question? Sort of? Yeah. No, nah, not at all. <laughs> no, it, all it did was make me laugh. No, I, I have, I have not grown. I have not grown at all from your story. No, it's, it was, it was a great story. I, I, I did, I did get a lot from it, and it's, it's, it's potently funny because, because it makes sense. 
it's great. And laughter is good. Laughter heals the world. Of and um, yeah, yeah. And that's what I try to inject in you know in, in my interactions with people and and in my post from time to time and stuff like that because I just feel like the world is too damn serious and we just we just need to smile. We just need to laugh. Then I truly believe that laughter heals. So. Absolutely, and it's and it's continued the the good vibe of our chat that we're not here to just you know knuckle down and let's get to business. Like it's like there, there is the reason, time for that. Yeah, but the whole reason we're having a chat is because we knew that we would enjoy a chat. So the fact that it's recorded is a beautiful side bonus that we get to hear it again, and so do others. But what what is fundamentally important is that you and i enjoy conversation and that's why we're having a conversation and so of course humor is part of that and of course we're going to enjoy it yeah definitely and you know curiosity is is a big part of that because you know i want to learn about you and you want to learn about the universe and the world and and i guess from your questioning from your curiosity why people are getting sicker every day and why we haven't quite figured out health sort of i would say sparked you to to write this book and sparked you on your health journey uh, mm. would that be fair to say yeah well the 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 different pain elements the different angles of pain that i was experiencing and still do experience um seem to be very uh on par and and parallel to a lot of other people's uh pain and and discomfort about life so the writing of material in order to help people with that pain becomes universal and becomes a a global language that that must be spoken so that we can help each other 100 percent Something that I'm really keen about is Eastern medicine. And that's something I really spoke about intensively in my last podcast with Jules Serendipity from Tea Elixir, talking about mushrooms and tonic herbalism and adaptogens. And that's like a big, big part in his practice. Mm. How, how has that influenced, I guess, your philosophy and 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 I know that it's weaved into this book somehow as well. So do you want to go in yeah. to that a bit? Absolutely. Uh, first of all, um, again, I'll publicly again say thank you so much for that last interview with with him. Um, he's brilliant and you were brilliant with your questions and I got a lot out of it and I've reshared it on my social media uh, because I feel that a lot of people will get a lot out of it. And the reason why they will is because mushrooms are a particular type of nutrition that they kind of, they're in their own category where instead of just adding the nutrition that you need as a kind of a sh shooting fish in a barrel, sorry about that analogy, that metaphor, because I know you would never shoot fish. The, the uh, analogy and the metaphor is still very apt because Traditional nutrition in a supplement form or just eating dinner, whatever you're eating, mm -hmm. you're kind of, you're kind of in a way, you're using whatever level of nutritional knowledge you have and you're thinking, all right, 
I know this has some magnesium. I know this has a bit of this. I know this, and I and I know that I'll need this because this and this. Say, for instance, just for an example, magnesium aids with the contraction of smooth muscle in your intestines. So you're thinking, okay, cool. In order to aid my digestive system, I'll have a bit more magnesium. That's just like a really basic example. Mm-hmm. The thing about mushrooms that I've found is that mushrooms, because they have you know, in our last interview, I talked about plant consciousness. They're not really a plant. They're not really an, an, an animal. They're kind of somewhere in between. They're kind of really, they're an instinctual element of, of life where they sort of give you what they realize you need rather than you thinking, I'm just going to shoot fish in a barrel and hope for the best and hope that one fish dies or well, not. You wouldn't hope that a fish dies. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Like it's that analogy works because it's like, I'm just going to put these nutrients into my body and and hope. And that's just what I've sort of thought of in the spot right now is that mushrooms tend to give you what you actually need because it'll give you what you need uh, to the level that you need it. Uh, And I feel that um, ashwagandha. Um, otherwise known as withania in the West, does a similar thing to help to rebalance the body. So it's so interesting you mentioned that because my yep. next solo soda, I call it, is mm-hmm. is on ashwagandha, and it's it's ah, a, wow. it's a adaptogen, a root, a herb that I uh, definitely looked very extensively into. So so stay tuned for that. I, I'm, you know, I listen to every single one of your podcasts. What I got from um, your last um, interview, what was his name again? Sorry, Jules. Jules, he's he's awesome. What I got from him was, I got a lot from him. But my biggest takeaway, I just want to share what my biggest takeaway was. Yeah, please do. Was that um, I um, really love reishi. I already loved reishi, but I was only using it at nighttime to help to calm my system for sleep. Yeah. Through listening to to Jules, I have already in the last couple of days since listening to it been using it in the in the daytime and have noticed um, a beneficial result from that already very 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 quickly uh, because it's managed to you know I am a coffee drinker and I am you probably hear in my interview very passionate um, it is it's been able to to smooth out the passion in a way where. I can be more concise and less erratic in my day and a little bit more calm. And if it's rest that I need, that the reishi will tell me. And if it's and if it's intensity that I need, that the reishi will tell me. And I really feel like that's what that particular mushroom is telling me. And so wow. that slight that slight tweak of changing it from nighttime to having it in the daytime as well has been a really cool tweak. And it was just nice that being someone who's so passionate about health means that I have these things on hand already. I've got so many different things on hand tools. that I can use, tools at my disposal that that when I hear the information, I will tweak it and I'll be like, all right, let's let's see what he's talking about. And I did try it and it has been beneficial. Wow, I'm so glad that you got so much out of it, and that it was something implementable that you've felt a noticeable uh, difference already. And I feel like it's a lot of the times it's it's just a repeat of what we already know, but maybe said slightly differently or mm. to do it in a different way. And I feel like that's sort of where my 
health philosophies are, are really coming to now is that a lot of things that I'm hearing are things I already know, but maybe said differently or do slightly differently that can have, you know, vast results depending on, you know, what it is and, you know, several other factors. And yes, just going I on. Do wanna, while I do want to go further into that question, I don't know yeah, if yeah. you're going to re- restate the question, but that was only the beginning of it. The beginning of it was thank you so much for doing that interview. But the in, the the involvement of Eastern philosophy and therefore Eastern medicine in my program and in my book, uh, et cetera, et cetera, is, is a whole evolution as well. Um, it comes from as early as four or five years old doing paintings and just for whatever reason, putting the yin yang in my work as early as that, just because I like the shape of it. Then as I started to get older, I realized that that yin yang actually means something because I looked into it and I go, okay, that means balance. The yin yang actually means balance. That center curving line of the yin yang is balance. And so that when (laughs) when I stumbled across philosophy with the poetry, right? So this is how it was all connected together. When I was doing the poetry and looked into philosophy, and then I started to look at Eastern philosophy, that yin-yang came up again. I'm like, what the hell? I put that in my earliest artworks, right? Wow. So, and then I thought, okay, well, this is obviously, this, the universe has told me that this particular symbol is a part of my life, that balance is a part of my life, that we should have a balanced diet, but you know, really profoundly looking into what a balanced diet means and therefore everything else that we do, a balanced life. My dad, who the book is dedicated to, just so much love for him because he constantly repeated to me, Adam, there's a time and a place for everything. And there really is. I've just noticed that in life that the more I look into that simple line of thinking that there is a time and a place for everything. There's a time to dance, a time to cry. You know, there's a time to sleep. There's a time to make love. Like it's just always a time and a place for everything. You don't start screaming your lungs off in the middle of uh, a really important interview unless it's evident to do so. Or you don't just take your clothes off in the middle of the street because you felt like it, like there's a time to do that, you know? (laughs) So you just add the humor in there too, right? So (laughs) there's the philosophy and the Eastern medicine element of it came. It didn't just, I didn't just, it didn't, I didn't just go, oh, well, I'll just put it in there. Like, like it wasn't just a mindless inclusion. It was, it came from my own evolution of the fact that now buddy, like the fact that I'm, going to be studying Chinese medicine is because of that previous many, many years, ever since I was a young boy, Chinese medicine is my study because of that yin yang, the philosophy and the need for us to all improve our health. I've said in the book, in one of the last chapters, that we need a better class of doctor, a doctor that is Eastern and Western trained to the point where both of those disciplines are used when my dad said there's a time and a place for everything, that the right remedy is used for the right ailment rather than 
I use a really cool and uh, really cool saying that is across humanity, and that is. If you're holding a hammer, everything begins to look like a nail. And I said, in in regard to the Western world, that means prescribe, prescribe, prescribe. And prescribing a drug to fix all problems is the root of our problem that we maybe should have used a root. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I only just said that now, just tweaking what I've already said in the book, but like, I'm dancing with you here, bro. Like we maybe should have used a root instead of a drug, but sometimes, you know, the drug's really effective to to just mask some of the short-term symptoms so we're not so stressed out. But when it comes down to it, we really need to play the long game with health like you do. Every single day, look at your health from every angle and in every way, and you don't pick up dumbbells only once to get strong, do you? You actually have to pick up dumbbells every single day to get strong or not every day, but you need to, you need to do it over time. And that's what training is. You're training your body and your mind to get better. So to just mask your problems with a drug or with someone giving you kind words when what you actually needed was a heavy talking to, so to speak, this, what comes back into that being offended thing. Mm-hmm. If someone is offended, what they don't they the the last thing someone needs when they're offended is oh it's okay you know it's all right you'll be okay that's the last thing they need they need a very very heavy talking to to pull them out of that not that nonsense that disaster that 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 is their life they need to grow they need to grow up Eastern philosophy is what's going to build Western philosophy and vice versa. I'm not saying one's better than the other. I'm saying we need to combine the two. When we talk about the world, we're literally talking about the whole globe, not just one discipline. We need to involve all disciplines and become whole again. And to if we're going to talk about immersiveness and being and being equal to each other and this whole leftist idea of of um, you know, everyone, you know, everyone deserves, you know, a fair go and all that sort of stuff. Like that's that's a good that's a good sentiment, like to begin with. But then you're going to segregate yourself more by being so oppressed because of your minority group. So stop the minority groups. Let's come back to oneness and realize that we're all dealing with something, and let's find a way to help each other and to grow. Beautifully said, man. And that's something that I really appreciate about Eastern medicine. And especially, you know, my chat with Jules is that it's all about bringing the body back into balance. And it's all about, you know, that allowing the body to effectuate its innate intelligence of achieving that balance. And, and just based on that, like, there's, there's nothing wrong with doctors and i heard a really really impactful quote um about the use of doctors and it's uh it's 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 teaching people not to rely on doctors but use them when you need to is not being reliant on them but then obviously when you do need to go a doctor then go but then not relying on them for all advice and all sort of solutions for your for your ailments. 
That's exactly right. I mean, yeah, they're very effective at giving you a blood test and um, and and looking at some some key indicators for health to make sure that you're on the right track. And then once you realize you're on the right track, keep going. Hundred percent. And the, the doctors, you know, they're medically trained. So I guess a lot of people are coming to them for more than medical advice, but for health advice too, which is uh, sad to see. Kind of scary. I mean, um, the you know when you when you really look at the amount of nutrition is in the the biomedical science degree, um, it's kind of scary. But uh, so too with I think it's with, like three hours in the whole sort yeah, of and they, course. Their study which, is their study is extensive. It's ridiculous amounts of restu- of study, like more than you and I have ever studied. Yet they spend that amount of time on nutrition just just doesn't make sense but like by the same token you know what i put to people is the amount of time that you and i have looked into training and the way muscles work and fascia and tendons and ligaments and all the articulations of the body on a practical sense um that's going to be that's going to need to be another add-on to being a doctor in the future because if you don't know the way the body works in every single way how can you truly call yourself someone who is there to help you to to better yourself like how how can you how can you truly be that that title and that's where it's like humanity and society has given these titles and then given incredible amounts of respect towards them but i believe a level of respect that is unwarranted yes we should respect doctors but not to the level that we do well said and i think that's that's so important to to get through your head is that that doctors do serve their place in society and i think that's very limited but then it's sort of been misconstrued in terms of the advice that they able to give and the advice that people take so heavily from them and i think you know it's it's yeah, like I said, you know, use a doctor when when you really need to, or when you require specific med- med- medical advice. But I truly believe that the best doctor is yourself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so is that your sort of health philosophies? Is that where where you sort of bring it all together with this? Is that teaching people to quote unquote doctor themselves? Yeah, I mean, it's it's just another way of saying it. Absolutely, for sure. I mean, I call it instinctual health. Um, and instinct, the idea of instinctual health has what the the way I build that up and and boost that idea. You know, I like to use analogies and life stories. Is that I love the way that uh, I love Bruce Lee's el- evolution of the way he went about his life. That it seemed that a similar thing was transpiring in my life, and and therefore yours. Is that you know. If, if you and I fell in love with football, Bruce fell in love with, with Kung Fu. So he, he, he learned all the steps. He learned all the steps and he, and he practiced it to a T to the point where it was almost like driving a car or brushing your teeth. Now, from that space, he was able to get to a point where it was so inbuilt inside him that he could do it without thinking about it which can be a dangerous place to be in if it's so automatic that you you do it without thinking about it because I still think the thinking 
needs to take place if you want to um, be aware, but not <laughs> not in all senses. Because I mean, there's, there is that beautiful movie, The Last Samurai, where they say to Tom Cruise's character, "Too much mind, no mind," so that he could get rid of all the bullshit in his head. When I when I talk about thinking, I'm talking about being aware. Um, the awareness needs to still come through. But back to Bruce, I think that you know, as he's as he's mastered the movements and become so good at it, he's managed to then come to a new place to to then forget the movements, to mm. forget to forget that this had a structure to it, and to go into a flow state. Um, and through that evolution in yourself, you can come to a place of recreating the steps so that you can create your own form of what health is or what Kung Fu is or what football is to you so that you've got your own essence behind it. But then as a resulting element of all of that, you reach a place that I call instinctual health, but we could therefore with the philosophy mean instinctual anything, a racing car driver uh, that think of, of the best racing car drivers, you know, you're going into that bend and you're turning the wheel in such a way that wasn't thought about your, that car is moving so quickly. You've moved the steering wheel in such a way to be able to hug that bend in a way that people wouldn't be able to, unless they've had those countless hours of practice, it becomes flow state. It becomes something that had no mind. And so what I think that you and I and many others are gearing towards who are in the health space is understanding it so well that it becomes instinctual health. And instinctual health is the deep sleep came out of doing everything else right. You don't have to go to bed thinking, Oh, I want to have deep sleep tonight. You just end up with a deep sleep because you did everything right. You know, it was, it was just inbuilt in you. Yeah. Just, um, you know, going back to Bruce, like the idea of constantly researching and refining your own experience, I think was truly Bruce Lee's way of life and what sort of saw him the success that he had. And one of, you know, a really, really impactful quote and something that I really, truly resonate with uh, of his is what he said was, absorb what is useful reject what is useless add what is essentially your own mm -hmm. let me yes. say that again absorb what is useful reject what is useless add what is essentially your own and i think that's exactly everything summed up in terms of what we just spoke about in terms of doctoring yourself and our mm -hmm. own health practices and philosophies yeah bro uh, that's essentially what I'm saying, and I've included Bruce in the book. Yeah, like I've included a lot of great minds. There's a bit of Jordan Peterson in there too. Um, you know, the idea that life is suffering, and that I did want to ask you the question of how has pain been a factor for you in order to to grow your mission and where you want to go with it what what has pain done for you positively 
I like your spin on that question because you're you're saying that pain can be a positive catalyst, whereas a lot of people see pain and sort of run the other way. Yeah, well, I mean, if you if you, you you see life for what it is, it's all it is is just little reminders. It's reminders to 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 create change. They're they're all little catalysts if you believe it to be. I, I remember in a conversation we were having, we were talking about um that that the hormones, uh, the positive hormones and pain can be a similar thing if you allow it to be. That that pain is a a message from your body to tell you that something isn't right, so therefore change it. And that the positive emotions and the positive hormones are also there to give you feedback to tell you that you're on the right track. So that that both, in in essence, are messages from your body and from the systems of your body to tell you where you're headed. Yeah, I think that is definitely key to to listen to the body and listen to those messages. But where I see a lot of people become unstuck is that they feel that pain, but then it they learn to bear with that pain. So they really, so they're still experiencing this this stone in the in their shoe, and it's hurting. It's it's uncomfortable, but they've learned to live with it. Mm. So how how does how does someone deal with that? How does someone overcome that? Well, first of all, you got to get the get the stone out of the shoe, um, and then you got to find a way to walk better so that the further stones don't go into the shoe. So first, you got to remove the problem and then make sure that further problems don't come in. But I, I, <laughs> it's a conversation, yeah. So I'm still putting it back to you. I want to know how pain has um, has influenced your growth and and your overall mission, like. I'm still, um, I'm still, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners want to know, like, where is this really beautiful concept of the effortless man going, and and what elements of pain has actually helped you on that mission? Great question, and I think pain is for me a motivator, and for it to be a motivator, like you mentioned just previously, is that you have to listen to it. And I think through years of listening and self-cultivation, I'm very sensitive to such pains. And I think that's really the key here is for people to wake up and to respond to their pain. And for me, where the effortless man principle sort of developed from is that is acknowledging that, hey, you know, life is painful or exercise is painful or work is painful but take that to another step or have a more proactive approach in that is that be proactive in putting in place systems and principles so that you can safe proof your future self from those pain does that make sense absolutely it it makes sense with the title of your of your business and your and your and your channel is that effortless man to me i mean my interpretation of it is um something that is effortless means that you've put in work previous so that so that your future can be effortless so that it can be seamless so that 
things don't seem to be an effort. It was an effort. Like let's let's make no mistake about that. It was an effort to get there, but it is now you've you've reached a point where in effortless man to me is a similar way of saying instinctual health. It's a way where mm-hmm. you're in such a flow state that it doesn't seem like you have to think too much about it. Now, we still understand at the at the the time that we're at in our development that we're still working on things and that we feel that we probably always will be and that you even notice that it was a mistake to think that I'm going to do a certain amount of work and then that's it. You you never stop. But it definitely does seem to get easier the more you practice it. By by the same token of growth being never-ending, the amount of ease that you can get as you're continuing that growth, the amount of ease that you can experience also seems to be never ending because I'm in more ease that I'm, I'm in more ease now than I ever have been before. But that also therefore means that in another 10 years from now, I therefore will also hopefully be in further ease than now mm-hmm. or, eff- or effortlessness, right? In, 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 in yeah. regard to what you're, you're about. Hundred percent, and I think that's where people there, there's the the misconception is, and you know, and I have people, you know, joke to me about and say, you know, oh, what you're doing is a lot of effort, and I go, okay, smarty pants. <laughs> like, that's funny. It's like, you know, it's like when when people say that's like, you know, I, I've heard it all before. Now is that, oh yeah, you're the effortless man, but what you're doing is like a lot of effort. But I guess that's where I'm <laughs> heading at is that, you know, I'm putting in the work up front so that it can be effortless but then in saying that and and to expound on that uh that topic is that it it will never truly be effortless because effortless would be a, a destination it will be less effort if i was to more accurately put it because you're putting the work up front and that you're listening to those pain you're listening to those messages and that you're putting in the work now so that mm. your future self can handle that a little bit more seamless, a bit more effortless. So yeah, I, I hope that answers your question and that's sort of where I'm getting at. And let me throw that question back at you is that, mm. and, and I don't mean to put these words specifically in your mouth, but how do you make your life more effortless? Yeah, so where my question came from, and and then I'll answer yours as well, like as a kind of a dual answer, is that for A to Z Health, I feel that that the the origin of it does come from pain. That I really do feel that sentiment of we do move towards pleasure and away from pain, that it seems that A to Z Health as an idea is find what is beautiful about the uh, the the element of the conscious state of the living state find what is amazing about that and continue to do it if it feels good um, and it is also beneficial for your health in a in a long term in a long sense and find ways of being in less pain because staying in pain is is not good because it's the body telling you that things aren't right it's horrible um yeah it is horrible now, pain is going to be—it's going to be essential. Like you don't want to remove pain because I and I used a bit of fun in the book where 
you know, initially you'd think if you removed pain, it would be glorious and beautiful. But what if your arm is resting on a hot stove before you know it, you've lost all the flesh on your arm and you're looking down at your skeletal arm, <laughs> um, wondering how it got like that. But first you might ask yourself, what's cooking? Smells good. And it's like a piece of meat burning there. So if you didn't feel the pain, you would you would be you wouldn't be with your body. You would be you mean levitating or something. You'd be in another world. You wouldn't be part of the structure of your body. You wouldn't have any connection to it. The mm. pain is there for a reason. It's a message system, right? Just before you I guess continue on that, but I also think pain is is a good contrast. And without that contrast, you kind of experience pleasure. Yeah, well, no. This is um, this is the um, the art of positivity, right? This is this is what I think out of that is that, um, oh well, it could be worse, you know. Da, 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 da. Um, that that when you experience pleasure, it's as a philosophy. Oh well, like this obviously feels even better than it would otherwise, because I get an understanding of the scope and spectrum of pain to pleasure mm-hmm. in that that there is with the yin yang and the eight is a health philosophy is that that balance is there's a duality in the oneness. So that, that center curving line is the oneness that we all experience the collectiveness of, of humanity. But in that thing is a bit of dark in light and a bit of light in dark. So the, that's how you get the bitter sweet, you know, so that, when you do experience incredible feelings, like really beautiful, great, positive feelings, you remember the pain because there's that there's that spectrum. It's um it's what it's a, a metaphor that humanity has created for themselves to deal with life. So I think it's less factual and more philosophical for us to ponder and just go, yeah, okay, like that's probably a beneficial way for humanity to think of things rather than it being like a solid fact, you know. I think it's just it's just going to be a beneficial way of thinking. Um, but um, your question of how do I make my life more effortless is that if one day I realized that there is a nutrient deficiency in any area of my life, remember conversation is nutrition. And then there's so many other things that are nutrition also that we can add nutrition to conversation, add nutrition to relationships, to the football field. Hey, you know, you could have passed it over there because that guy was free and he could have scored the goal a lot easier because the the goal was open where he was standing. You know what I mean? Like you didn't have to take mm. on five five defenders. You could have just passed it because he was open. So that would have been more effortless. So there's clearly better ways of doing things. And when you realize there's better ways of doing things, why wouldn't you do it? So with the A to Z Health program, I'm explaining to you better ways of doing things rather than doing it such a convoluted and sticky way, like thinking about things like politics when you could actually just focus on your health. Like if you focused on your health, we probably wouldn't need government systems because everyone would be on the right path and they'd be doing the right thing because they've created the right investments in the right areas. Yeah, man, definitely hundred percent. And it's like, you know, the, the whole terminology or the whole, I guess, sentiment around unschooling, 
kids and pretty much is doing things differently in terms of to to educate them and to assist in their learning and development like i wonder if there's anything are you aware of something like when it comes to health like to to unplug from you know the societal conditioning that mm. that we've been you know choking in pretty much yeah, in the in the first few moments of my happiness chapter in the A to Z health program i question people from a point of view of why why is hell uh, why is happiness not taught in school why is happiness not taught in school oh happiness is just something you feel but okay but like there's a lot of people out there do you do you realize there's a lot of people out there that don't know how to be happy so if it's that important and there's so much depression in the world and we're looking at dualities, wouldn't you say the opposite of depression is happiness? Like, wouldn't you say that a lot of people would want to know how to be happy, but it's not taught in school? I know maths is more important. Okay, maths has some sort of importance, like whatever level of importance you want to say to it. But okay, cool. We'll make sure that happiness is also another subject. You know, like just the curriculum just seems fucked up. And there's a lot of systems like that that seem fucked up. I've been waiting to say it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it and we can just move on from it because, you know, no one wants to talk too much more about it this year. But there's a lot of things that I've been holding back on with coronavirus and there is absolutely no evidence that our leaders are giving us as to why we should be doing what we're doing. The, the entire health industry is looking at it and going, you haven't provided us any evidence. You haven't, you haven't given us any science. You haven't actually explained why your so-called experts are telling us to do what we're doing. Um, the way to guard yourself against viruses and ailments and diseases is to be healthy, um, not to do what we're doing. We should be together and hugging each other. And they're, they're actually telling us to do the opposite. So fuck off like seriously people need to grow a set they need to they seriously need to wake the fuck up and um start to learn what real health is and it's like and yeah and you cop it you know you cop it people say to me oh you're just a personal trainer what would you know like i've done more research than your so-called experts so what does that say like and i say it in the book you know I'm not legally, like there's this thing, there's this idea of you're not legally allowed to say certain things because you don't have the piece of paper to say that you're allowed to say it. It's so convoluted and it just doesn't make sense. I just hate that, you know, it gives these people with these pieces of paper the rights to say what they say and for people to take what they say with so much weight. I just think it, it's totally reversed in terms of, you know what 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 the truths are because i feel like the people with the paper they're driven by you know very wrong motives whereas mm. you know quote unquote the people without the paper it's like we just want to spread the good word and truly want people to to be healthy and happy and that's why i give so much respect to you know people in the health profession and doctors who gone through this system and then woken up and say, hang on a minute, this is not right. And, mm. and what hap ends up happening is that they get shunned from the, the medical community 
and they stop getting funding and they lose their practices and all that because they believe that health is so much more than what I learned you know, six, seven years in medical school and in terms of what these pharmaceutical reps are telling me to say to, to prescribe this drug and you know, receive my commission. So, yeah, I have a lot of respect for people that pretty much see the system for what it is and eventually waking up and also, you know, spreading that word that and it's not like what we're doing now with the coronavirus is it's it's all fear and drama, but then mm-hmm. you can approach it from such a different way, but it's like no, they don't approach it with fear. Let's cultivate love. Let's cultivate health. And I know that sounds so wishy-washy and very <laughs> hippie, but yeah. I truly believe that's the, the matter. The truth is that if we cultivate purpose, fulfillment, hydration, good sleep, and you know, and just a well-balanced diet, and you know, and and from time to time incorporate some additional uh, nutrients, like I think that's so much more impactful than how we're approaching this whole coronavirus uh, dilemma now. Absolutely. It's music to my ears. And like what you shared about osteitis pubis, it's like, hey, like it's like I could have been saying that. <laughs> it's just so good <laughs> chatting to someone where you're just like on on the same page of the same book inside the same chapter. It's like it's not you're not um you're not somewhere else you're here with me <laughs> yeah definitely like like you are actually listening to what i'm saying and i'm listening to you and we're nodding our heads and going yep why doesn't the world wake up come on we're waiting <laughs> for you we're waiting for you to just join us so that we can all dance together so just just on on book when 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 is this book been released and yeah how how um how you're progressing with it and what are so that your goals with, with the release date for this book? Yeah. So I'm, I, uh, I'm not much of a marketeer. I'm not really, I don't, don't know if how important that is to me yet. I'm still in my own evolution. I've never been particularly good at marketing, but what I do know is that I'm going to release both the physical and the audio book together for all the other entrepreneurs out there, they might look at that and go, well, that's incorrect because you need to um, do it in different stages. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel that on the whole idea, if I'm going to be a man of my word and say that everyone learns differently as far as the actual content of the book's concerned when it comes to analogies and poetry and science and the different ways of looking at information... I think the type of media that you take that information on board also is different for everyone. So if I launch the physical and the audiobook together, then people have an instant choice as to which one they choose to buy. And I'm also going to have a deal where they can get both. And this is this is where I have thought creatively from a marketing perspective. They can have both the physical and the audiobook together for a lesser price than they'd pay if they bought it the way some entrepreneurs do it, where they release the physical book, you pay a certain amount for that, and then they release the audio book 
um, and then, then that's another fee and they end up paying a certain amount, I'd charge them slightly less if they wanted both. I earn more and the person gets both types of medium so that they can either hold the book in their hand because it's going to be beautifully illustrated by someone who's dear to me, um, who is an incredible artist and I've given her the concept. Um, so it's going to have a really amazing front cover. Um, so you'll be able to hold the book. And then from the audio perspective, the benefit you're receiving with that is the essence of my voice where I really feel that if someone was to write something that it needs to be spoken in a certain way, it needs to be spoken in the way it was written. And another orator can't speak the words it was written in the way it was written unless they wrote it themselves. So both I'm planning for, and look, um, I really hope that I can do it by that time. And we also in the personal development space have done a lot of work on goal setting and, and nailing our goals at the exact date that we want to do it at. And regard and and instead of doing that, as you practice non-attachment, I feel that I'm progressing in a really good speed and that my intention is to release both in January. I don't know if it's going to be early January or late January, but I'm hoping that both will be launched then. And um, I feel like I'm going to have a really fun 2021 in sharing the joy that is the book. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And huge respect for you for for doing that and to, I guess, think it in a way where your intention and your purpose is to serve and not to uh, market and make the most profits, so to speak. And and that's not to take away from, you know, from you being compensated for your work because I definitely think that is very, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, I, I don't want to get paid for my work, but I, I think that's completely BS or mm. some people charge an absorbent amount for their work. I think in terms of the universe, I think anything worthwhile, there's always a fair exchange of energy. Yeah, true. So, sure. and, and I say energy very strategically, you know? Yeah, of course. No, I'm, I'm an avid entrepreneur. Like I, I, I take it seriously and creatively and, 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 and in an enjoyment place but yeah of course um of course i'm elevating myself financially um i am i am totally for people doing that i even again sorry to keep mentioning it but i even mentioned that in the book too i've i've, I've i have really come from a lot of different angles i i do very much support jordan peterson's thought in that we should elevate ourselves in a financial hierarchy if we're good at something um because of exactly what you just said that the energy has to match the energy i'm putting a lot of effort into this and if humanity are going to get a lot out of it then they're going to pay for it and that that's not gonna that like in no shape or form is that a negative thing 100 percent, man well said and i really respect that you're doing the whole audio book as well and taking it to the next level because i know for me to really assimilate any sort of information is that to do it in, you know, the different ways, right? So, and even like, for, for, for example, reading a book, like as we all can appreciate and know, like, you know, you read a book the second time, you're going to see it from a different angle to 
how you did the first time. And to listen to an audiobook is is having a different take on that information just from a different sense perspective as well and how that's received in in your brain is, is going to be totally different as well. So to have that option and for you to invest the time to do that is is really cool um, and really admirable. So I, I I think for you to really get the the magnitude of your message out there, I think you're doing all great things, man. And look, when when the book is released, um, I'll definitely be the first ones to buy and have the book in my hand and listen to the audio book. And I'll definitely be there to to support you 110% because I value your work, I value your passion, and and I know where it's come from and how long it's been in the making and yeah a huge respect for that and i really hope that you get the the exposure and the reach that that you intend on because i'm sure it'll be a grand resource for for mankind so uh yeah can't wait for it man uh there's uh tears coming down my face and there's a lump in my throat thank you man True appreciation, brother. And you know what? I um, truly appreciate the the podcast. I wouldn't even call it a podcast because basically it's just conversation between two friends, two people, two, two pretty much livers of life, two philosophers, two, you know, learners. And yeah, I really appreciate it today. And I think we'll um, we'll just about wrap it up because I guess... There's only so much attention span that an average person can can uphold, you know, not saying for, for us, we can speak all day, but I'm just thinking for the average person and as well so in for respect sure, in respect to them. But before we close up the show, is there any sort of last words of wisdom that you want to leave with the listeners um, and also, you know, potential readers of your book? Not so much wisdom, more just a message of how much love uh, has gone into the book from a point of view of my intention, that the intention is love, that although feathers will be ruffled and although being the unique individual that I am, I know that I do offend people, know that I do get people offside sometimes that, and I'm saying this to anyone who's ever known me as well, not just people who will read the book who are complete strangers at this stage, but people who have known me and maybe got the wrong opinion of me, that my intention has always been to do exactly what we've spoken about in this chat, to elevate consciousness and to to make a better world so that yeah please watch uh david Attenborough's film because what he's doing from a nature and from a globe point of view i've been doing with a to z health um not for the same amount of time although i've been going for 16 years he's been going for i don't know 70 years he's, he's in his 90s but whenever his career started probably when he was like 20 you know what he's doing, what he's doing with the globe is what I'm doing with A to Z Health. And my intention is for people to understand that I am actually trying to do the same thing. I'm trying to leave a legacy from a point of view of 
making the world a better place. And I'm doing it from the lens that I look at it from, which is health. So there's huge heart in that. And um, if anyone was to say that I don't care or that I'm not not well thought out, is is um, they haven't um, they haven't spent enough time on my couch um, to have a proper chat with me because I care a lot and I think about things as much as possible to make sure that I'm thinking of it from all angles. Thank you, man. And I wish I could give you a hug right now because I feel like that's what is appropriate and that's what I'm feeling. And I really appreciate you you know, coming on here today and sharing all your knowledge, sharing your wisdom and sharing this exciting new prospect uh, that is your book and, and pouring your heart out, you know, not just in this podcast interview, but, you know, day in, day out for, for your mission and for your work. And I really, truly hope that it is well received and it's received by the masses and that, and, and, and all I can say is, man, and knowing you all these years, and I can definitely appreciate where you're coming from when people, when you said people might misunderstand you, but I say, just keep shining your, your colors and, and shine them bright and strong. And, uh, and I really respect and I really appreciate you and them. And that's all I want to say. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this and I've gotten so much out of it. And I'm just, I just can't wait to hear uh, more Effortless Man because the guests that you're bringing on are really, really high level stuff. Like just, it's such a, it's such a thing like, you, you would just you would just think that people should just get a notebook and a pen out and and listen to the interviews and take notes as if they're as if they're um, doing a health course. Thank you, man, for that feedback and and yeah, look, I'll like like I did in the previous one. I'll leave all your links below the show notes for everyone uh, that's interested in connecting with you and have got something out of today. And you know, and once your your book is is out, like I'll um we'll have you on again to to talk about that and probably share a bit more in depth some some of the principles uh, of it, and then I guess maybe even talk about where to next for you. So wish you all the best with that when that comes, and um, yeah, can't wait to to see what twenty twenty one brings for you and for for both of us. And so yeah, man, thanks again for jumping on here today and and being open and also pouring your heart out and uh yeah I, I couldn't be more grateful me too it's it's mutually shared it's a profound thank you from me too awesome brother all right well uh, thanks everyone for listening in this is vu nguyen signing out from the effortless man with adam zax from a to z health